In every generation, there are the chosen ones, the fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are continuous play. It's about power. Who's got it? Who knows how to use it? So, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? Nothing strange. Well, mini golf is always the first thing that comes to mind. I think can do better than that. I was thinking about shopping, as per usual. Oh, there's an okay. R&B in the new mall. I can use a few items. I'll need to discuss it. Save the world, go to the mall. I'm having a wicked shoe craving. Aren't you on the patch? Those never work. And here I am, invisible to the eye. See, I need a new look. It's this whole eye patch thing. The earth is definitely doomed. Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. But I'm known you were coming and baked the cake. And Jay Newcastle. Are you ready to finish this? Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian, and we're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 16, Storyteller, written by Jane Espenson. Thank you very much. This episode is entirely from Andrew's viewpoint, as he creates a documentary called Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, to describe the current situation in Sunnydale and to show future generations, who won't see it if she doesn't succeed, by the way. Anyway... Many emotions are captured during its filming, from Willow and Kennedy's making out to the recognition of what would have been Xander and Anya's one-year marriage anniversary. Meanwhile, in the Hellmouth, or more appropriately, the seal of Dan Zather, or however you pronounce that. Too young to fall in love! Oh, sorry. <laughs> the seal of Motley Crue, as we like to call it. <laughs> is activated, causing outbreaks of violence and mystical occurrences at the high school. Buffy pulls out a knife and advances on Andrew, revealing that she must spill his blood to quiet the seal, since he was the one who initially activated it. Buffy describes the bitter prospects for their future and chastises his constant attempts to avoid taking responsibility for his actions. Andrew, frightened to tears, admits how he willingly had murdered Jonathan and how he is sorry. He tells Buffy that he deserves whatever happens to him. Buffy leans Andrew over the seal so that his tears fall on the surface. The seal closes and becomes quiet. Buffy reveals to Andrew that tears, not blood, were necessary to close the seal. She has no plans to kill him, unfortunately. <laughs> the students around the school are released and their violence stops. Later, a sad Andrew talks to the camera in the bathroom again, confesses that he will probably die and that he deserves to. Without another word, he shuts off the camera. And that is the plot summary for this very bizarre episode known as Storyteller Jay. What the hell? <laughs> well, okay. You know and I know that they're going to go off kilter. Not off kilter. They're going Usually to go a off few episodes go. They're going to go off arc, you know, at some point. Usually in the lead up to the end, there's at least one, if not two, yeah. just bonkers shows. And every season, every season, including the Magnificent Two and this outstanding three, have that episode that you just sort of look at and go, huh. <laughs> and you just wonder. <laughs> now, we have waxed ecstatic about how we don't like Andrew and don't know why he's here. And I've basically come to the understanding that 
somewhere along the line, the writers fell in love with this guy. You know, for whatever reason. The character, the actor, whatever it might be. And they decided to keep doing things for him. And I think as they began to circle and cycle to the end, they're like, you know, we need to do an Andrew-esque specific episode. Not that we haven't jammed him in enough crap here. But let's do one that's totally from him. And since he's always, you know, doing the fake documentarian role and stuff, let's have him just shoot a bunch of stuff. And it's all like his found footage of what's going on. So we'll have an episode that's totally from his point of view. And then this is what we get. And it's all to the point of we have to show that Buffy is not only a great, you know, one of her grand leadership qualities is she knows she has to inspire others to do things that they don't think they're capable of doing. And Andrew feeling actual empathy and taking actual responsibility for the things he's done in his life is part of that journey. You know, that was his whole problem last year. You had these three villains, essentially, who... They were what they were because they couldn't take responsibility for anything they did. And so now she's got him to do so. And, and next week on Sesame Street, we'll work on the letter K. I mean, that's that's what it feels like. Right. It, the problem yeah. is, is that it is so weird. It's just, well, if this had been Jonathan, like imagine that just for a minute in an alternate universe with me. You know, imagine if this was Jonathan and they did this for the Jonathan episode. Now, we've had enough Jonathan-centric ones, but if they did it with him... Like, that would have been so much more, I don't know, engaging, believable, because we had years to get to know that guy. They threw this guy in here last year, we didn't like him then, and they're just throwing him back in it, and I guess because he's stuck at the house, they gotta do something with it. Yeah, I, this, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what <laughs> It's gonna to be a really say. short show. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Um, <laughs> the interweaving between his fantasy world view and what's really happening is really annoying. Mm. I, I don't know if you were annoyed by it, but it drove me nuts. Like one second he's like, everybody's a perfect and uh, you know, all this. And then you get to reality and it's not quite there. It just, it just felt kind of stupid. So like, if we're going <laughs> to go this route, Jay, if we're going to have him do this fantasy like world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and show you his point of view of what's going on, let's have the whole episode be like that. Why flash in and out of reality and uh, I don't know. Is it not just to show the contrast? Like, this is what he's saying, but in reality this is how it is? To show how he's still living in this fantasy Maybe finally it, Buffy gets him to you know get into a little bit of reality? You know that could that could be. It just seemed, I don't know. It, draw, it just made me upset. <laughs> it, well, it. It, it it didn't drive me nuts. I'll tell you what it did for me. I was bored, Brian. Yeah. I was bored out of my skull, and I hadn't really been bored this season. I'm, I, you know, I had a lot of memories of this season of just being a lot of sitting around talking, and I think most of that comes from this episode because so far that hasn't been the case. It's been, you know, a good yeah. balance of the talky versus the action. I do think we're spending a lot of time at the house, but we always have a location where we spend a lot of time. It's either Giles' apartment or it's the library or it's the initiative or, you know, it's something. So that, I, I'm used to that on the show. That doesn't bug me. This, though, feels like the most just yep, 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 yep episode that they have. And I, I, like I said, I was bored. I was bored with it. And even at the end, like when it's supposed to be all this dramatic tension and, you know, is Buffy really going to kill him? I never for one second thought she was going to stab that dude. Because I'm like, that's that's right. what Faith would have done. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> not what they Buffy, Buffy too, is right? not yeah. freaking Jack Bauer. Right. You know, just that she doesn't torture humans to get what she wants. Now, Demon, that's a different thing. But I, 
why didn't she just do what the first would have done and try to drown him? Well, because it probably would have worked too well. (laughs) True, that that would have worked. In which case, it doesn't really work on a vampire. But anyway, (laughs) no, I'm with you. It just felt like, um, did we really need Andrew to tell the story of Buffy? Because we've been watching it for seven years. (laughs) Did we need him to tell us his version of what's going on? And uh, it just made it cartoony and stupid. Well, again, Van- Vanity Project. I think they really just wanted to do something with, for this guy yeah, and for I this episode. And Andrew, uh, you know, Tom Link gets his moment. So, I, and I know. guess the, the this is the point where he actually becomes kind of relevant on the show because they actually use him more after this than they have in the past. Which, well, not, yeah, he's been, he's been basically thing, tied to a chair making right, exactly <laughs> making making muffins and and cookies and crap, right? And just talking randomly. Out of mm-hmm. butt, you know. Yeah, I, you know. <sighs> okay, so like, I had a question. They need the magic knife to quiet the magic seal of Motley Crue. Is that? <laughs> I didn't really understand. Well, I don't think so because they didn't really use it. Oh, I know, but it they wind up getting it. That's what she has when she's going to not stab him. Right, so. right. I'm not quite sure what the significance of the knife was. To be honest, did they ever bring you. it back? Uh, hold on to that and let me know in the yeah. next seven episodes if they even bother with that. If Buffy stabs something in the Hellmouth or something later on, we'll know that that mattered. Otherwise, right. it's just the prop of the Vetha, and that's all it is. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of those in this show. Granted, and they they have to have that. You give shows like this that stuff, but again, when it's used in a rule, it, you know, the show's already confusing. Don't make me confused by the prop. <laughs> you know, like, what, why are we doing that again? What was, what, what's what's our origin story this time? I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I was not. Uh, yeah, again, I was bored. I, I yeah, it sounds like you were mad. I was bored <laughs> with it. Uh, so his tears closing the seal. I was like, well, isn't that sweet? I mean, well, the only thing that I liked, and I'll say it now, I liked one thing. I liked the very end confession, the bit in the mirror. You know, I, I'm a bad person. I deserve to die. I'm going to die, and I really deserve to. And part of me was like, yes, and that that's good. You should go and die, character. I don't wish any bad things on Tom Link, but that Andrew needs to die. So Yeah, and here's, here's what confuses me, Jay, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this over and over again. Is Andrew gay, or is he just weird? And you brought up the fact that you thought he was probably, you know, playing – ball on the same team as his own party and mm-hmm. i kind of thought no nah, i didn't see it but then as we kept going i kept saying yeah you're probably right in that so here we are in this episode and you got kennedy and willow making out and of course what would the gay guy do focus on the nice drapes or whatever <laughs> and that's what he does but then later you are, are also in this episode you see buffy like flipping her hair back like she's all hot and sexy for him and I'm like, okay, now I'm confused again. <laughs> I I think the honest truth of it is, I think Andrew is confused. I right. I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into his psyche too much, but I do think he does he doesn't really know. And I do also think he's incredibly naive when it comes to any kind of sexual development at all. I mean, of the three of them, of the trio, he is was by far the least experienced of them. I mean, Jonathan had even gotten play. You know, even though he had to, you know, do magic for it. But, you know, he had, he had at least been down a few roads and you knew Warren had because he killed most of the women he slept with. So, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he did. The so, whole one. I, yeah, well, you know, he did. 
and he tried to kill any of the others. But I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if he was, if he's gay, if he's not, he's in the closet, whatever. I just think he, he's too immature to even handle it. So they show you both sides of it. That he's like, oh, two girls making out. Well, that's totally cool. Whatever. Ooh, look at the pretty drapes. And then he sees Buffy like, ooh, because I mean, you know, any guy in his position will look at a girl like Buffy and go, wah, hubba hubba. You know, because mm-hmm. by the way, Super Show Ghetto looking real good this season. I'm not just trying to be a hound dog. Like, looks really good. You know, the way they've got her dressed and the way it's not provocative or anything. It's just very, um, almost like she's the perfect business casual. You know, right. she just looks really nice and she's just grown into the role really well. And for a, a doofus like him, that would be like a dream girl of all time, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, she's well, freaking We know she that he's been obsessed with her for quite some time now. Too. Well, who hasn't on this show? Yeah. I mean, well, except maybe point. Willow. But, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. But Willow's too. her best friend. So, in some ways, she's obsessed with her. Right? I mean, but really, like, everybody's obsessed with Buffy because, it, it, one, it's her show. And, two, she's she's the most interesting person in the town. In, in a town full of really interesting people. She's by far the most interesting. And so I could see why he would fantasize about her like that. But again, I question the whole need beyond just the writers wanting to do it. Why we need to explore Andrew's fantasy. Who cares? Who yeah. is this? Yeah. What, you know, where the heck is Giles? You know, give me some more Anya Xander fun. I mean, I know it, we've done it, but why not do it again? There's more to do. I mean, you've got established characters is the point that you're just sort of blowing by. As the episodes tick down, and we're all on the countdown now. Look, man, in 2003, we all knew this was coming to an end. And so when I saw this, I was like, I, I, I think I had your reaction the first time I saw it. I was, like, angry at it. I was like, this is dumb. They better not go dumb at the end of this season, like the way I felt like they had done at the end of last season. I was like, they do this, this could really make me mad. And thankfully, this is the, uh, you know, just a, a quick diverge off the road, but I... This time, I was just bored with it. I, I didn't find a lot to hang on to, other than that very yeah. end thing where Andrew actually feels sorry for what he did. And even then, I didn't want to hang on to it. I don't care. <laughs> to be honest. I yeah. mean, I just don't care about Andrew's character. Well, d- d- let's do this for a minute here on, on continuous rewriting universe. You know, Nick and I get blamed for this over on Filmstrip all the time. Is we get into a movie we don't like, we just rewrite the whole script, the entire podcast. So tell me <laughs> what what we should what, what should have been going on here at episode sixteen. What would have been? I've laid out a few things I thought would be more interesting to see. What would you have rather seen? Uh, the potentials getting ready for this big ass battle that they're going to have to deal with because there's mm-hmm. a bajillion Turok Hans. Uh, how about more on Principal Wood and Spike and what's going to happen there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what I would want to see. I don't care about Andrew. Yeah. I, I just wasn't down to know anything more about him other than what we already had to know mm-hmm. at this point. I, I, I would have loved to have seen, I, I'm with you. They could have gone with the Spike, Wood, Giles, Buffy, you know, quadrangle here because let's not forget giles is ticked at buffy for having that chip removed yep so we, we haven't even picked that back up yet right and i you know that needs to be explored i don't know there were so many other ways this could have gone but I, i'm gonna tell you anything that would have centered around this this is just a complete waste this this episode just this is bad this is there's one there's one in every season brian and i think we found it in this one yeah, uh, this is just a real clunker. So, uh, as it'll be no surprise, as it'll be no surprise to anyone, uh, what is your dusting? Or you go ahead and do this. This is your, your yeah. line, my bad. 
Well, Jay, I'm done talking about this episode, and I hope you are too. So I'm just going to go right to it and say, what is your Dustings rating for Season 7, Episode 16, Storyteller? One one Dusting, and a very weak one at that. Like, off-screen, not ever shown again, nameless vampire Dusting. Totally pointless. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I know there's people out there that love Andrew. I'm not one of them. I, you know, I just don't care. So I, again, first time I saw this, it made me mad. The second time I've ever seen it in my life, which was getting ready for this podcast, it made me bored. I can promise if I ever have any choice on it, I'll never watch it again. So, uh, yeah, one dusting. Yeah. I'm going to go one dusting too. And I have one question, Jay, that I forgot. Uh, at the end of last episode, we did see some tension between Kennedy and Willow. Mm-hmm. Because of how she sucked the essence out of her and all that, yeah, that'll do that. Where'd that go? Uh, all of a sudden, they're making out on the couch again. I, I, anyway, just yeah. bugs me. So yeah, one dusting for me. Uh, this is one of those episodes that if I didn't do this podcast, I would never watch it again. <laughs> it's terrible. It's just dumb. That's very true. I agree. I would watch Go Fish. I would watch Praying Mantis again before I would ever. Well, I would watch, watch Praying Mantis again too. I mean, just. Yeah, you like yeah. the teacher. I yeah, would watch. I, mean, I would watch some of the goofiest initiative-centered episodes mm, before yeah. I would ever watch this again. I would watch Adam all day before <laughs> yes. any of this. So yes, we both agree, folks. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Art of Slang, where Brian and I have completely torn one episode apart, limb from limb. Uh, if you disagree with us on that, hook up with us on our social media that you can find our Facebook and Twitter off of our website, theartofslang.com, and let us know what we're missing about Andrew. If we're missing anything, or if you agree with us, and we hope that you're smart and are, you can tell us how <laughs> awesome we are for totally destroying this too. So um, we love to interact with you guys, and seriously, and do appreciate your support. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Artist. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 